This is Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. Shine On is a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. You are going to meet a life coach who is truly life-changing. She's got great advice we can use right now, today. That's Jen Lederer. And are you an emotional eater? We've got an expert who's been there and can help get you out of there fast. And you could win the book, Heal Your Hunger. First, just a quick note about Reiki. I know we mention it a lot, but I still get so many questions. Like, what? Is it really? Brett Bevel is doing a weekend retreat at Omega in Rhinebeck in June if you want to learn all about Reiki. He's here with the answer to the question, what is it? Reiki is a form of uh, energy healing that can be traced back to a Japanese mystic named Mikawa Sui. The word Reiki literally translates from Japanese as universal life force energy, though it can also be translated as divine life force energy. And what happens is when you're attuned or initiated into Reiki, a Reiki master will put sacred symbols into the top of your head and into your hands, and it opens up this beautiful flow of, of universal life force energy to flow out of your hands, and you can then learn hand positions for doing a treatment on yourself or treatment on another person. And the energy itself has its own intelligence, so it really helps uh, in terms of relaxing your physical body, helping to release stress, helping you on the mental, emotional level, and um, the kinds of the kinds of work that can be done with Reiki also really complement uh, a lot of other modalities, including you know Western medicine. Often today, Reiki can be found as a form of palliative care in more progressive hospitals. So it's really a beautiful system that that is always working for the highest good, and it's very gentle, very easy for anyone really to learn. Brett Bevel. We'll hear more from him next week. But to find out about his Reiki weekend at Omega in Rhinebeck this June, visit eomega.com. Well, I love Reiki, and I did Reiki for four hours Thursday at a wellness day in the city at the Corcoran Group. Really an exceptional day. So healing and nourishing for the agents there. So consider if your workplace could use a day of health and happiness, and let me see if I can arrange that for you with my band of merry healers and motivators. We travel. Reach out at Casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y.co. And speaking of motivation, I was honored to be on a panel at the Open Center in New York recently. They are doing so many great things there. Check out the Vitamin R series at opencenter.org. And next to me on the panel was the fun and fiery Jen Letterer. She was wearing a cherry red velvet jacket and cracking her whip of truth. Now, when I was at the Corcoran Wellness Day this past Thursday, Coach Ida Fields told those gathered that if you're comfortable, you're not growing. You grow in discomfort just outside of your safe and cozy zone. Need a nudge to get into that discomfort zone? Enter Jen Letterer. Hello, Casey. Great to be here. So great to meet you at the Open Center in New York City where I got to sit next to you on a panel. And so many times when you spoke, you made me so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yes, give me more of that. Now, part of your message is being seen and being seen for all of who we are. And my response to that is, must I really? Exactly. We all get so 
good at hiding those parts that we feel like, oh my gosh, if somebody knew this existed, they wouldn't like me, they wouldn't listen to me, I wouldn't be respected. And what I have learned is that when we give permission to all parts of ourselves to get integrated into our life, into our message, into our work, it is so much more potent and effective because at the end of the day, truth is what resonates. So when you're hiding something, subconsciously, people can feel that. They might not be able to put their finger on it, but something about you doesn't feel true. So it's so important to give yourself permission to integrate all of who you are and let that inform what you put out into the world. All right, let me ask you this. What are some of the things that people aren't integrating into their persona that they could be? What are they, What are some of the things people hide? Okay, so a lot of people, especially women, I work with a lot of women, they hide their anger, they hide their rage because we've learned to be people pleasers, to make other people comfortable. So we'll round our edges. We won't have such a strong opinion. We won't come out guns blazing on something and, and being really, really solid, right? And that's not to say that you need to be opposing somebody with your anger or rage. And it doesn't even mean that your message is angry. But when we allow that anger to fuel us forward and we don't label that emotion as bad or wrong, it can actually propel you so much faster because you're using all of the energy that's already there, right? When you're angry, the last thing you want someone to say is calm down, right? right. You got to use the energy. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about when it's like integrating all parts. The external world may not see, oh, that's anger that she integrated, but you will feel it and it will affect how you move through the world. Yeah, but what if people are mad at me? Oh, people are going to be mad at you. You're going to be rocking the boat and getting people to exactly what you just said to me at the beginning. I made you feel uncomfortable. And that's me doing my job. Because if you're comfortable, you're not growing. All right. You also say in the Jen Letterer message handbook, know your worth. Yeah. How? How, what, how do I know? How does anybody know what they're worth? Okay. Uh, so to be honest, everyone is priceless. So we can start there. We can't actually put a price tag on it. But what I mean when I say know your worth is allowing yourself to rise to the level of your full capacity and knowing that when you do that, either by stepping out and saying, this is my goal, like unapologetically, this is the thing that I am going for. Even when someone in your life might immediately say, oh, that seems like really big. Maybe you should lessen that goal to be, quote, more realistic. But when we allow ourselves to fully step into what we want and what we desire and what we are worth, that is actually a walking, living, breathing invitation for others to do the same. Yeah. Because when we shrink down, we are inviting others to shrink. And that's victimization across the board. And no one is growing when we feel like we are a victim and when we feel like we need saved. Yeah. We're talking to Jen Letterer. We're talking about, you know, owning your power and stepping into your own leadership role. She is a motivational speaker and leadership coach. And what I, what I realized, too, when people get to the place where they're going, like say they have a great big dream and then they get there and then they yeah. realized, oh, that wasn't as big as I can go. I can go bigger. Yes. 
That's always such a fun realization. Yeah, that's a cool place to be. And also, uh, when I was sitting next to you the other night at the panel on the Open Center, and you said, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And I said, what the heck is she talking about? But then Mm -hmm. you clarified it this way. So what you do is how you serve the world, right? It's one of the expressions and ways that you offer yourself and your services to the world. But how you do that, so for example, I'm a motivational speaker, one of probably two billion. (laughs) There's a new motivational speaker being born every 30 seconds these days, along with podcasters and authors. So there's all kinds of people doing what you do. But how I set myself apart is the fact that I infuse comedy, right? I love to share my message in a way that gets people to laugh. Because when you drop your, when you laugh, you drop your walls. And once you drop your walls, now we can get some work done. Now you've let me in. So that's a specific example of it's not what I do, it's how I do it. And that's also an example of bringing it back to integrating all of who I am, right. comedy and performance is a part of who I am. So being giving myself permission to integrate that into my work has been transformative. All right, so you work as a speaker and also a leadership coach. If, if you were doing one-on-one coaching, Skype or phone or in person, what are you helping people to do? Yeah, I am helping my clients integrate the spectrum of who they are. So oftentimes, someone will come to me at the top of their game, right? They've kind of hit a glass ceiling. They feel like I've done all I can do here, or they feel like I have no idea where to begin. And so we start to get a sense of the lay of their land and all of the different pieces that can inform what it is they're offering, how they're moving through the world, and how they can really start to not only make a bigger impact for their community, but make a bigger impact in their life, right? In your bank account, in the way that you communicate with people, in how you set your boundaries, in how you say, yes, I want that, no, I no longer accept that, and create either a business model or a message or a marketing campaign for shining a light on all of who you are unapologetically. That's what we do. That's what she does, Jen Lederer. And it's so funny that you and I both, well, your 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 tagline is shine on, right? Yeah. And you're, yeah. And you're on the shine on show right now, so. I mean, can we get any more aligned? <laughs> I don't think so. Can we get any more aligned? And I, <laughs> I loved, I'm going to just be really, really honest about um, my reaction when you said your tagline is shine on. My reaction was, yes, that should be everybody's tagline, right? Absolutely. It it made me happy, and it was just, I'm just sharing. That's a sign of my growth. Instead of me thinking, how can she share that? It's the same as mine. There isn't room for both of us, and now we know. Of course, there's so much room for all of it, and everybody shine. And then you, you, you got the microphone, and you changed my life, and I made you go back and repeat it, and now I want you to change the people's lives who are listening again, because I'm sure you've touched a lot of hearts already. But when you talked about asking for uh, what you're worth when it comes to providing a service... Especially, you know, people who are solopreneurs, I think you call them, and maybe they do like one-on-one counseling or healing modalities. Tell that story of, of asking for what it's worth. 
One of the biggest questions I get is, Jen, what should I be charging? Right? What is the rate that I should be charging? And oftentimes, people who are in a healing modality or in a service at all that is meant to help others, there can be a guilt around, well, I don't want to charge too much because if somebody can't afford me, that means that they won't be able to receive the help that they need, and it's really my job to meet them where they are so that they can receive the support. And I look at it completely inverted from that. It is your job to price your services just outside or significantly outside of somebody's comfort zone because simply by doing that, you are inviting them to grow. You are saying, I believe in you. I know you are infinite and you have the power to manifest and call in this money that you need to give yourself the help that you want. You are not a victim and I am not a martyr. So I am not going to shrink myself or my prices to, quote, meet you where you are because you're actually coming to me saying, I want to grow. So here's the first opportunity to grow. Rise to the occasion. I know you can. Right. And, and you said we're victimizing people if we think, oh, poor them. They can't afford this. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're automatically taking their power away when you do that. And they're coming to you looking to feel powerful. Got it. Got it. I love it. When you just take me to school, Jen Letterer, where can people go to find out more and all the good work you do? You can find out everything about me and more than you would ever want to know at jenletterer.com. Everything's there for you. That's Jen Letterer in New York City. And you're listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show. Reach out at Casey.co. K-A-C-E-Y.co. Hi, it's Casey, shining on today with gratitude that spring seems to be finally coming our way. Mother Nature is yawning and stretching and pouring herself a cup of coffee and coming back to life. I feel a Buddha walk coming on. That's what we call our annual free morning at the Chuang Yen Monastery in Kent, New York. Beautiful grounds, lots of peace to be found. Circle Sunday, May 6th on your calendar and join a circle of women. That's a private Facebook group for all the details. And I'll have more details as we get closer too. Now meet Trisha Nelson. Heal Your Hunger is her book, Seven Simple Steps to End Emotional Eating. Trisha, so many people are dealing with the issue of emotional eating. How can you help us fix it? Wow. Well, I lived it for one thing. My background is that I grew up as an emotional eater and I was I mean, food was my everything, so I was really obsessed with uh, eating, and uh, if my family was going out to dinner, I had heart heart palpitations, (laughs) so I I definitely was a foodie, Um, but I gained weight easily, and I grew up uh, pretty overweight, and that was really uncomfortable for me, and I ended up at 50 pounds overweight by the time I was 21, so, uh, you know, I I was on a quest to really heal this, and I tried so many different things, I mean, pills, potions, lotions, you know, 12-step programs, therapy eating disorder therapy. I did a lot of things, Casey, and nothing I did worked for me until I found somebody who really showed me that my problem had nothing to do with food or weight and had everything to do with the underlying causes. So that's how I came to really turn things around 
And it was really by dealing with those things that would drive me to the kitchen time and time again. So it's a, it was a, a journey of healing that led me to help others to heal through my, my uh, program, Heal Your Hunger. Heal Your Hunger is the program. Trisha Nelson is the guest. So when you were young, you said food was everything. Can you tell us why food was everything? I, I didn't know this until looking back, but at the time, um, I mean, I had some situations in my life. I had sexual abuse uh, from a relative. I had uh, a family that didn't really deal with anything, and so we were all sort of burying our feelings in one way or another. And for me, actually, and for um, my sisters as well, we would we would eat. And so eating was a way to sort of uh, smooth out the edges, and it seemed like, for me, I just thought I liked food. That was it. But uh, in hindsight, I see that I had emotional uh, pain that I just didn't address at all, and so I just would constantly eat. And so that's really what, I mean, where emotional eating comes from is the idea of just eating over our emotions instead of going through our emotions and just realizing that the ups and downs of life are something that we have to ride. And for me, it was just, I think I made a subconscious decision at a young age that I wasn't going to feel those uncomfortable feelings, that I just wanted the happy, happy high notes and not the not the low ones or, or not the sad feelings. And so those I would just completely repress by eating a lot of food and, and all the ooey gooey foods. It wasn't salads I was binging on, obviously. Mm. <laughs> the, the sugar, the starch, and the fat, fatty foods, because those are heavier foods. Those are dense, and they really serve as a great blanket over our emotions, so we don't feel them. Heavy foods serve as a great blanket over our emotions. True, and it grounds us and it numbs us. So for people yeah. listening now who know they're an emotional eater, does that mean everybody has something buried in their past that's painful? Not necessarily. I mean, I think that, I mean, some people grow up with fine childhoods, and, and yet they still turn to food uh, for stress. And I think it's a really common thing. I think most people are emotional eaters to some extent. Um, to some degree, probably God made us that way, you know, so we continue to subsist. But um, but I think uh, for many people, it just, it's a good thing gone bad. You know, it just sort of, uh, the, the comfort of, of not feeling as much, you know, the comfort of excess food and, and eating when you're watching TV and just sort of having it be that kind of uh, time when you're really feeling nothing, um, I think that just gets really seductive for people. And stress is the number one reason why people overeat. Um, but it doesn't, it's not necessarily buried pain. It could be pain from one's job, pain from one's relationship. Um, you know, pain and fear and guilt are the three primary uh, driving emotions of uh, overeating, and so there's always something going on uh, that is uh, driving somebody, and they may not be aware of it. Uh, they may think they just like food, but typically, if they were to eat less, they'd start having these emotions emerge, and that would get uncomfortable, but there's a way to deal with that, so it's not such a bad experience. Pain, fear, and guilt are some of the true reasons why people overeat, and when they stop overeating, these feelings can come to the surface, and then what? Well, that's usually, I mean, frankly, that's why 98% of all diets fail. People think if they lose weight, they'll be happy, but they lose weight and they actually just start feeling more uncomfortable feelings and then the, the cravings come back and they start creeping up the scale again. Um, so what's really important to know is that dealing with these emotions, um, and it doesn't have to be a hard, scary thing at all. They don't need, have to go running to therapy. It's really about getting accustomed to just sort of being with oneself and one's emotions and 
things. Um, the way, the best way to do that, first of all, is to slow down. I think everybody's moving a little bit too fast, <laughs> you know, and that's creating stress that we're there then eating over. Um, but there are certain things people can do to just slow down, to, to create a little ri- ritual in the morning of, of meditation or prayer or just taking a walk, for instance, uh, things that can get somebody grounded and centered so that they aren't, you know, so much of the time people turn to food just to, uh, as quick energy because they're tired, they're worn down, you know, uh, the pressure of, of the day ha- has sort of heaped on them. And when somebody has some kind of uh, practice such as meditation, they can help them get centered and they can draw on their own inner resources of, a, of strength and energy versus that quick fix of the candy or the cookies or, or Doritos or something like that. So having a morning ritual uh, that can just get, whether it's yoga or Tai Chi or just some people like to go for a run, but doing something that can just help them get centered and still and quiet within themselves. Emotional eaters don't just overeat because, uh, you know, of emotions, but also because of ways that they operate in the world. And a, a good example of this, in my book, I talk about the anatomy of the emotional eater, and it's 24 personality traits that really define an emotional eater, and one of them is people-pleasing. So uh, emotional eaters typically are looking for uh, the credit and the kudos from outside themselves. They're, they're getting their self-esteem from outside and outside validation. And so they're operating in the, in the world by taking on too many projects, saying yes to too many things, being all things to all people. And at the end of the day, they're tired, they're stressed, and they're kind of pissed off because nobody ever gets the credit they're looking for, right. you know. And, and that's a good uh, storm for uh, overeating as well. So there's, there's personality traits that, we, that emotional eaters have that actually create the stress so then stress eating over. So it's not just about meditating in the morning. It's also about getting you know, real clear on the different ways that we show up in the world that, that really are causing us to be stressed, to, to have grudges and things that we then turn to food to placate. Yeah. At one of my recent Shine On Weekends, a women's retreat, I always try to hang inspirational signs in the ladies' room stalls. So mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're all alone and they have a moment to it. breathe, they'll have a little, you know, message from God there. And one of those messages was people pleasing hides the real you. It, it's Absolutely. not your own honest self when you're trying to please people and you're not getting fed, you know, the good stuff yourself. And uh, the other thing about staying tuned in, I have a little message on my phone, you know, a little alarm that goes off every day that says, how Mm -hmm. am I really feeling and what do I really want now? There you go. I love that so true and it's we're just you know so much of the time on automatic pilot you know going from one thing to the next and we don't tune into how we're feeling and that's one of the reasons why you know about 65% of people do their emotional eating at night because that's when things get quiet they get quiet down and they don't have that spin you know from the stress of the day and all they have is the stress not the distraction of the day and that that time when things get quiet and those emotions that they've been denying all day start to emerge, that's when they run for the ice cream and the cereal and the bread and the things that they, you know, turn to because they weren't realizing there was so much going on inside. Okay. To all the emotional eaters that are listening now, tell them how they are going to be able to handle their emotions when they give them the space to come to the surface. 
Well, uh, my experience is you can't do it alone, okay? You can't do it alone, and you can't do it with people who don't get what you're going through, because it's kind of weird to be powerless over a cookie, frankly. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so you got to be with other people who get what get that's it. about. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, certainly I, I, I would love to support people who are going through this process, and I have a very specific system, Heal Your Hunger system, for healing one's hunger, so they don't have the craving, so it's not hard to say no to the ooey gooey chewy foods and um, I certainly recommend people go to my website and find out first of all if they're an emotional eater or a food addict because it's a spectrum okay there's a it's a whole spectrum I think everybody's on it but it just depends on where they are uh, that's going to determine what they need to do about it so there is a quiz on my uh, website healyourhunger.com and after taking that quiz um, I certainly invite people to learn more about my program where um, it is all emotional eaters who are going through this process of healing those underlying causes and getting support in really transitioning to a life that's not dependent on food uh, as a cure-all, but really they're starting to get acquainted with themselves, get acquainted with those uncomfortable uncomfortable emotions because it gets easier. It's not always going to be so hard or scary. It's just really growing accustomed to really learning what's inside of us and and dealing with that in a more uh, healthy way. So I certainly would support people and do that. And I have a program called 10 Weeks to Freedom from Emotional Eating. And that process will get somebody there. HealYourHunger.com. Trisha Nelson. If you'd like to be in the drawing to win a copy of her book, Heal Your Hunger, reach out from the website, Casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y.co, and leave your name and address. That makes it quicker if you win. So if you want to grow, you have to first grow past the discomfort. That was kind of our theme today. So our thought for the day is the Irish proverb, you have to do your own growing, no matter how tall your grandfather was. Have a great week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show next Sunday morning, right here on 100.7 WHUD.